0: Raider Nation, wake up and get ready, because it's time for the morning grind on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Good morning, Raider Nation. I'm Eddie Pascal, and today is November 6th, 2020. And on this date, just four years ago, Raiders legend Sebastian Janikowski recorded his 400th field goal in silver and black. Just another incredible moment in a career full of them for our old buddy Seabass. Well, with the Raiders' Week 9 clash against the Los Angeles Chargers now just a few days away, today on the Morning Grind, we're joined by Chargers team reporter Chris Haery to break down all things Bolts-related, ranging from their exciting new rookie quarterback to their off discussed issues they've had finishing ballgames in 2020. Chris is a wealth of knowledge in all things Los Angeles Chargers, so without further ado, enjoy our conversation. This is one of those games, man, where it doesn't matter what the records of the teams are. It doesn't matter if someone's won four in a row, lost four in a row. Throw the records out when these AFC West, uh, you know, foes get get to dance, and this is always a it's a fun weekend wherever the game is.
1: No question, Eddie. It's good to be with you, man. Uh, this is a game, like, like you said. I, I think the the Raiders swept this series last year. The Chargers have won the previous four. And, you know, these AFC West games, you're 100 percent right. You throw the records out the window um, more times than not. You're going to get these grinded out contests um, and the teams, they know each other so well. So, I mean, this will be the first time uh, the L.A. Chargers played the Las Vegas Raiders. But these two teams know each other very, very well.
0: Absolutely. And obviously, when you talk about the Chargers, especially this year, you know, those conversations begin with your new stud quarterback, Justin Herbert. And look, I'm admittedly biased. I'm an Oregon guy. It's been a lot of fun to see <laughs> Herbert succeed in the early goings. But from your vantage point, like, what have your impressions been of the young guy so far?
1: He's been incredible. I mean, point blank, I know the, the Chargers have not won with him as the starter much. They're, they're one in five, but um, it's not any fault of Justin Herberts right now. He, he's playing just very poised football. Um, he's thrown touchdowns to eight different receivers this year, Eddie. Four of them undrafted free agents. So I, I've said this several times over the last couple of weeks. He, he's elevating the play of guys like Keenan Allen, who's on pace for for career receptions and targets. And um, I think going into this year, when, when you see Phillip Rivers, In Indianapolis now, maybe you had questions about, okay, how's Keenan Allen gonna gonna react to having a new quarterback? Well, right now, so far, so good. Herbert and Keenan Allen have a a great rapport. Talk about Mike Williams and, and Hunter Henry, but it's these guys. Gabe Neighbors, a fullback, Tyron Johnson, Jalen Guyton, undrafted free agents um, that are wide receivers, Donald Paro, he has two catches for two touchdowns. These guys have combined for, I want to say, seven touchdowns on 14 career receptions. So uh, just what Herbert is doing for the stars and also guys that maybe aren't household names, it's pretty extraordinary.
0: And we'll get to Keenan Allen in just a second, but I'm curious, like, When you draft a guy, when you just excuse me, when you draft Justin Herbert, where you drafted him in the first round, he's gonna be your quarterback of the future. But when you look at what he's done so early in his career, and obviously the circumstances surrounding him becoming the starting quarterback are are untraditional, I think is fair to say. But have you been surprised by just how well the offense is played? You guys are a top three offense with a rookie quarterback who's essentially been thrown in without a real offseason, without a real training camp. I mean, off on paper, anyways, it's pretty impressive what this Chargers offense is doing
1: yeah and you add in the fact that they haven't had austin eckler for a few weeks and and they really haven't had a running game up until last week where they rushed for over 200 yards against the denver broncos but um brian bulaga uh, he came back last week he was going for an extended period of time trey turner's been out for a long time he's practicing this week uh you lose mike pouncey your starting pro bowl center um who, who, who's out for the year so not only do you not really have much of a running game up until last Sunday, but you know, you're losing key members of your offensive line, which you would think is a recipe for disaster for a rookie quarterback. Um, The fact that he's been so poised and has been able to use his athleticism to get out of the pocket, make plays also running the ball just a couple of weeks ago, he was the Chargers leading rusher in that game against the Jags. So I tell you, Eddie, he's done it all. Um, If you told me that, the charges were one in five in games he started in August. I'd be like, oh man, well, you know, it's, it makes sense. The, the the quarterback's a rookie. He's probably struggling a little bit. It's anything, but he's playing as good as really any quarterback of football right now. Chris Haley is our guest
0: and Chris, we talked about Keenan Allen just a second ago, but why do you think Keenan Allen doesn't get the type of national recognition that, I mean, I think that he deserves. I mean, you, when you talk about the top wide receivers in the game, it feels like he's routinely left out of that conversation. And I don't really understand why, especially you look at kind of the numbers and the productivity that this guy puts up week after week, year after year.
1: It's a great question. Um, I think it could be a a variety of things. Um, you know, they were five and 11 last year. Usually when you don't have winning seasons, maybe you're not at the top of the conversation in terms of, uh, elite wide receivers. And it's such a subjective conversation too, Eddie. We all know that, but, uh, I think this year, and I mentioned off the top, like not having Phillip Rivers, you wondered what Keenan Allen's productivity was going to be. And he's on pace for a career high in receptions and targets. So Justin Herbert is looking early and often for Keenan Allen. There was one game this year, he had 19 targets. So if you don't know, now you know. I mean, the the best ability, availability, and he hasn't missed a game in you know three-plus seasons uh it's, it's a great question, man. Uh, I continually say that he's probably the best route runner in football. I mean, Devontae Adams certainly in that conversation. Um, and, and I talked to James Lofton at CBS a couple of weeks ago. He was calling a Chargers-Jags game. And he said the thing he was trying to – he's trying to figure out who is Keenan Allen. James Lofton, Hall of Fame wide receiver. He said Keenan Allen is the type of receiver – he said you don't want to call him a possession receiver. He's a receiver that can control a game. And you saw that for a majority of that first half against the Broncos, he's the type of receiver that can control a game. And the chemistry between Herbert and Keenan Allen, when you, when you talk about Herbert not being around the building this offseason because of everything the league has had going through with the protocols, um, not having off season workouts, um, they've gotten on the page, or the same page rather, pretty quickly.
0: You know, we've talked so much about the offense and for good reason. Everyone likes talking about the quarterback and scoring points and all that. But when you look at the Chargers defense in 2020, what kind of stands out to you in terms of things that you like, maybe things that need to be a little bit better? Like kind of what is the state, I guess, kind of a big question, but of the Chargers defense this year?
1: Well, I think it's just closing games, Eddie. And I use last Sunday as an example, through the first two and a half quarters, they held the Denver Broncos to two yards rushing. And this is like seven and a half minutes left in the third quarter, they had a 21 point lead, uh, closing games, I think is, is the biggest thing. Um, the, the Broncos ended up with 108 rushing yards last week and 75 of those yards came on a 55 yard Phillip Lindsay touchdown and another Philip Lindsay 20 yard rush. So again, it's the, I think maybe the, the breakdowns every once in a while that, uh, can obviously hurt any team. Um, I'm looking at Josh Jacobs in, in, in the game that he had last week against the Cleveland Browns, and I'm thinking the Chargers have to make that kind of priority A in, in slowing Jacobs. Um, they had success against the Denver Broncos for two and a half quarters, but you know it, it's those one or two plays and uh, you know, it's happened in other games. Uh, unfortunately, you know, you had 17 point leads against both the Bucks and Saints. You had a 16 point lead against the Jags. That you lost and eventually got back at one. And then obviously that 21 point lead against the Broncos. So, you know, we're for for flashes, we're seeing some elite defense out of the Chargers. And then there's other instances where uh, the opponents get back into football games. So um Sunday's gonna be a, a great test for the Chargers defense. You talk about Derek Carr, his efficiency, um, the weapons he has on the outside, and obviously Jacobs in the backfield.
0: Just wrapping up here with Chris Hayre, but Chris, I mean this with all due respect too, but you guys might be the best two and five team in the NFL, right? So how how do you think the the locker room, the the collective, you know, Los Angeles Chargers are feeling about kind of where they are right now? I imagine that even though the record isn't where you guys would like it to be, I imagine there's got to be a lot of positivity and optimism as we kind of head into this second part of the
1: regular season. Absolutely, I think there's frustration, no doubt. When you know you look at their five losses, Eddie, they led wire to wire against the Kansas City Chiefs up until the final gun in overtime. Um, against the Carolina Panthers, they drove darn near 99 yards. They were a hook and ladder away um, from, from beating the Panthers, and it, it was set up to, to beat Carolina. And then I mentioned the other, the other games where they had big leads. So they've been in every single game this year. Uh, you could argue that they should have won um, most, if not all of them, um, it didn't work out that way. And, you know, you are what your record is. But, uh, you know, I, I see uh, two football teams that, that have had a lot of positives happen in their seasons this year. And, and obviously, the losses are not a positive for the Chargers, but, you know, they've played stretches of really good football. Um, you mentioned it at the top, man AFC West, Raiders, Chargers. Um, throw the records out the window. I'm looking forward to some football on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And I think that you, you kind of brought up that the finishing for the Chargers, right? And kind of that consistency. And I think that by and large, that's something that the raiders would like to see as well and i mean you look at sunday and that was the first 60 minute defensive effort that the raiders had put together now they've had you know kind of fits and starts you've seen glimpses a quarter here a half here but i think that for both these teams going into the second part of 2020 let's see what you guys can do consistently week in and week out well hey chris we've talked to so many people around the league the past couple weeks a lot of our buddies around the nfl and i've asked everyone the same question So for you, what has been the biggest challenge of covering your team in 2020? I I mean, I'm sure the list is a lengthy one, but when you look at the biggest things, the biggest hurdles you guys have to go through, what do you think those are?
1: You know what? sitting in the corner of this room right now doing this interview with you has been the norm for me since March. You know, I haven't been in the Chargers building since March. So I think adjusting to this new normal that, that all of us have in terms of doing these interviews via Zoom, um, covering the team from afar. You know, you, you know Eddie, as well as anybody, those personal connections within the building, uh, they go a long way in, in, in telling a story and, and informing fans. Um, we have to get a little bit more creative in doing that. And, and I think Zoom's been a great tool. Um, obviously, we've leaned on it a lot in our, our podcasts and in our interviews and and, and trying to get uh, our fans up to date with the latest information and, and just, you know, insight but uh it's it's something where i i think it's going to be good moving forward but i don't want it to be the norm right i'm looking forward to getting back into the building the locker room um being around uh, the players and coaches because those authentic conversations um they're much better in person rather than a a computer screen i'm sure you agree
0: oh 100 percent. i mean that's you know that's a lot of the reason why we do this right because you want to tell those captivating stories you want to have you know form those connections and unfortunately just because of the the state that we're in we can't do that but like you said i think that one positive i i look at this anyways is we have been forced collectively to get really creative you know we've been forced to try to find new ways to tell dynamic stories we've been forced to kind of get out of our comfort zones and and try new things, and I think that hopefully, like you said, this is not the norm, and hopefully, you and I are not having this same type of conversation next year this time. But
1: we we need to be in each other's brand new stadiums next yes. year, man. That's oh what we need my to be doing.
0: One hundred percent. Look, I want to see SoFi really bad. I'm sure you're itching to see Allegiant come out to Vegas, enjoy a weekend, and gosh, man, hopefully we can do that sooner than later. But hey, Chris, man, really, we really appreciate you. Stay safe, stay healthy, and like I said, hopefully the next time we have this conversation, we can do it in in real life.
1: Hey, man, happy to do it. Uh, Good talking to you, and we'll see you down the line.
0: A very big thank you to Chargers team reporter Chris Hayre for stopping by to hang out. Sunday's game against the Bolts will be shown on Fox, and kickoff is scheduled for 1.05 p.m. Pacific time. I'm Eddie Pascal, and this was The Morning Grind. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Morning Grind on the official Raiders Podcast Network.